Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Nutri Upgrade podcast. My name is Natalia. I'm a practicing nutritionist and I'm so glad to be back. I am so excited about today's topic because actually it was something that initially led me to an idea to start this podcast because there was absolutely no way I could lay it all out in a small Instagram post or reel and it will become absolutely irrelevant in 24 hours. And I am releasing this episode in January because I believe it is most helpful and valuable and relevant in January. But by no means, if you are listening to this episode in any other month of the year, it is still relevant. If you are just starting out your health and fitness journey, or if you are improving your healthy habits or lifestyle, in any time of the year, this might be very helpful to you to avoid the pitfalls that can come along the way that can make you quit. And now, as we are so deep into January, the first month of the year when people are working so hard to set their goals and they are taking their first steps to change their lives for the better and they plow through their New Year's resolutions. But you know what I've heard? It was actually a study published in 2022 and I think it was the fitness or sports app called Strava and they basically gathered 800 millions of users' data and according to what they found, the uh, most New Year's resolutions will be abandoned on January 19th. And that's how we got this so-called Quitter's Day. And then other remaining portion of the people are more likely to abandon their health and fitness goals by the mid-February. And you've probably seen so many memes on Instagram with gyms, for example, being overcrowded in January and then almost empty by February. So this problem is really big, in my opinion, and very popular. I want to share my thoughts on this as a practicing nutritionist who worked with people who have seen many people starting some health and fitness goals and then abandoning and I want to share what they said about it and I want to couple this with the literature that I read myself and what the science and the research has to say about this. Now before we begin I just want to make a disclaimer. I am a nutritionist and I'm not a trained psychologist or psychiatrist. I'm not even a motivational speaker. And it is just because I am very much interested in personal development and I work with people. I observe people around me at my workplace, uh, my friends, my relatives. And I just want to share what I observe around me and I am hoping to do this so that you have the tools and the right information to avoid this quitter's day and just quitting on your health and fitness goals or new year's resolutions that are related to it. 
But if you feel that there is something that you want to take from this conversation and discuss it with your therapist, I am hoping to give you loads of clues and direction towards your personal inner work. But this is not a substitute for an advice from a trained psychologist or therapist or psychiatrist. Now that is out of the way, let's begin with what I have to share with you. So there is so much information out there about goal setting and I do wholeheartedly recommend familiarizing yourself with some of the content on this. It is so helpful and I still myself carry on reading about it and I love listening to the podcast on this topic about what other successful people and experts have to share and I believe this information can really help us all set the goals in the right way so that they are personal to you, achievable, measurable, something that you really want for yourself, not something that society made you believe that you need and that are not so overwhelming or just feel off so that you just drop them after a couple of days. By the way, as a side note, my most favorite person in this whole world speaking on this topic of goal setting is Mel Robbins and her podcast episodes starting from January this year are just an absolute bomb. I highly, highly recommend that you go and listen to it. But by no means you can find your own motivational speaker that resonates with you. It's a matter of preference. And there are also many books written on this. By the way, For this episode, I found a very nice list of great, popular and highly rated books on goal setting. So I will just leave the link to this list of books in the description to this episode. I am planning absolutely to read a couple of those as well. But what I want to add to this whole conversation that is currently going on in the self-development world and in the business world as well, is something that we can refer to as quote-unquote identity statement. That can absolutely determine our actions, our new habits or the extent of how we are holding on to our old habits and as a result whether we stick to our new year's resolutions or health and fitness goals or not. I first came across this concept of identity statement in 2015. Many experts are speaking of the very same concept but they are calling it in different ways. So Other names of this very same concept might be self-image, labels, personal manifesto, affirmation of self, stories that we tell ourselves, self-programming. It basically boils down to the very same idea and it is that what you think of yourself is determining your future actions. I might have confused you now. A little bit but I will give you more explanation and examples as we go along so I am hoping it will become clearer 
as I will talk you through this. Let's say I am saying to myself that I am a disorganized person. Oh, by the way, a little caveat here. It doesn't have to be something that you say out loud. It just might be so deep, subconsciously rooted in your mind that you don't even speak out those very same words. It is who you perceive yourself to be. So, for example, if I give you a clean piece of paper and I will write the the beginning of the sentence that you have to finish yourself and this beginning of the sentence will be I am a person who and whatever you write to finish this sentence is basically your self-image or your identity statement and it can be very different depending on your area of life. So in one area you can tell yourself you know what I am a really good mom or a dad, but I am a crappy friend, <laughs> for example. I am a very organized person and very responsible at work, but not in my relationship with my loved one. So it can be very polarized for the very same person. But as we are speaking here on this podcast about your health, about the nutrition and lifestyle, I will try to divert all of that information into this very field. So, okay, let's get back to where I left. So, if I'm saying basically to myself that I am a disorganized person, I believe to be a disorganized person based on some evidence that I think I can trust. I will speak more about this later. And then being productive will be so hard for me that this will set the tone for my working day ahead. I will be unproductive, doing something that I am not supposed to do, not prioritizing stuff and just struggle with my time management and prioritizing and so on. While if we take the opposite and I say to myself, maybe out loud, mm, I, you know, I can do this. I am productive. I'm organized. I can keep a promise to myself. Then this will set the other tone for my day. And I'm so much more likely to succeed and just slay the day. A very good example is horoscope. So when people believe that they're zodiac sign is defining who they are, <laughs> they actually stop questioning whether indeed this is true. And some people are even wearing necklaces, doing tattoos with their zodiac signs. But what this results in is actually programming their minds to behave in a certain way according to that zodiac sign description, which does not necessarily serve them. By the way, as a side note, I used to be a huge believer in zodiac signs and horoscopes. I heard from a few psychologists and there appears to be a consensus among them that they disapprove of placing belief in zodiac signs because it just can rob us of our power to control our behavior and to choose a more constructive path. So essentially, you limit your self-potential. There is also confirmation bias. 
And there's also that thing called Barnum affect or Fora affect. Uh, I've learned about it just recently. And if you are curious about it, if you are someone who over relies on your zodiac sign description and you catch yourself blindly following that description and you limit your personal growth and accountability, (laughs) go ahead and read about it. It basically says that there is this psychological phenomenon where individuals believe that some general personality description applies specifically to them. And there has been a whole study around it. Go ahead and familiarize yourself with it. It is truly phenomenal and life-changing. Some time ago, a couple of years actually, I stopped believing in horoscopes completely when I heard that actually, according to NASA, Uh, The planets have long moved from their positions that were taken as a basis for the zodiac signs over a hundred years ago. So what we are basically believing in is no longer true. And I also felt like I'd rather have, you know, this freedom to question my beliefs about who I am and my behavioral patterns rather than take them as something that is given and set in stone and cannot be changed and as NASA told us are not really true. Okay so how can it all play out in a field of weight loss, healthy nutrition and healthy lifestyle when we start doing something to become healthier, to lose weight, to exercise more? I will give you a couple of examples. So I had a very close friend. At that time, when she wanted to lose weight, I was still studying towards uh, becoming a nutritionist. So I couldn't really help her. And she was also my friend. So, you know, this um, professional relationship are not always serving people right when they are friends. So basically, this is what happened. She went to see a dietitian and she was given a protocol to follow. So she was given a diet and she didn't say anything about enjoying it. She lost a lot of weight and I have seen her pictures. She really looked different and she looked better. And then a drama happened in her life, personal drama with a boyfriend. I think it was that he left for work for, I think it was a month or so. So it wasn't really, you know, fatal, <laughs> I would say. But still, she uh, she took it really closely to her heart. And she said that there was nothing else that could soothe her longing for him other than food and then she gained all those lost weight back and when I spoke to her I said listen but why why don't you start over again because you have this system that was really working so well for you and it has given you results you know you can always go back to it and you know what she said to me oh you know what that's all right I have always been curvy that's her story and she came up with thousand excuses why she doesn't see any value of carrying on this work fast forward after 10 years although we are the same age 
she suffers from serious obesity. She has diabetes and cardiovascular issues. And her doctor is very strict and very straightforward with her, which is actually, I think, is very valuable because he is not sugarcoating it for her. He said that, listen, if you don't change your eating habits and your lifestyle, you will not be at the wedding of your son. We are talking about life-threatening conditions. You know what she said? Oh, it's okay. You know what? I have always been curvy and now I just get older. So as you can see, this is not serving her, but this affirmation acts as a program to dictate her actions and her habits and her choices. I'll give you some more quick examples as well. So I knew this photographer and she had a Facebook page and a small bio that was a description of herself as a person. And she said that she was, quote unquote, constantly trying to lose weight. And guess what? She's still <laughs> trying to lose weight. Then I had a client who spoke very negatively of herself constantly and she was really, I would say, tough and she said, I eat like a cow, that's my problem, I pig out. Well, she did live up to the labels that she put on herself and she absolutely let those episodes of eating more than she needed, define who she really is. And by the way, I will straight away make a comment to this. This episodes of overeating can be absolutely created by the diet that does not supply necessary nutrients in the right amount. So you might have a deficiency in one area and you may be overfed in another area. So this all can create cravings and increased appetite. Another very popular example, you absolutely have seen something like this. I'm a chocoholic. I can't live without a dessert. I always add ketchup to all of my meals. This is also an affirmation, self-image. I am a person who is a shopaholic. And this acts, as I said before, as an operating system on your computer, which tells your computer how to do stuff are the craziest things I heard. And I will tell you why I think this is crazy. Oh, you know what? I'm just naturally lazy. I can't fight my temptations. I do not have willpower. I hate exercise. I hate sweating. I hate moving. I can't tolerate exercise. And instead of trying different ways and types of exercise, like, okay, you hate the gym. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> you know, it's a matter of personal preference, but movement is needed. And it's not about weight loss. It's about health and mental health and stamina and strength. And you can try yoga, you can try dancing, swimming. It should be a movement and you need to like it. But there are plenty of things to try. But sadly, this way, people block any of their attempts to become more physically active. 
Okay, other example. I hate healthy food. Healthy food sucks. It's boring. It is tasteless. It is bland. Actually, I find it really sad when, for example, a stand-up comedian lost weight and he or she looks amazing and then she or he gives his stand-up show and talks about this journey and he starts publicly you know, shaming these healthy foods and say, oh, broccoli, what the hell is broccoli? That is the dumbest sweeping statement ever because everyone has foods that he or she doesn't like and enjoy and you need to experiment with trying different cooking styles. For example, I hate celery. I don't eat celery (laughs) and that's fine. But, you know, if I don't like celery, it doesn't mean that all other raw vegetables are disgusting, right? And if you try some food that you don't like, ask yourself, maybe there is another way to cook it because in the cooking might be your answer to this. There are plenty of things to explore both in terms of variety of products and in the ways of cooking. Okay, another great thing and you might recognize your parents because This is what my dad said. I am too old to change. And he's actually very young. He's just 20 years older than me. That's actually the favorite excuse of him. And he doesn't even want to hear about neuroplasticity, which is a concept that is um, scientifically proven. Fact that a human brain is able to learn and to develop throughout your whole life not only in 20s so it doesn't follow that for example if you are over I don't know 35 then you are no longer able to do anything about your habits or learn anything new and by the way speaking of physical health I personally believe that 35 is still youth. It is rather that age when your body stops forgiving you for not taking the proper care of it. And that's why so many people around that age start seeing some symptoms, conditions, and don't feel as great as before. Another example, uh, I need my wine in the evening. That is what I get to hear from many women, unfortunately. Alcohol is so glamorous right now and people associated with relaxation and stress management but the reality is that alcohol is a depressant and it only worsens our anxiety and lowers our stress tolerance and I keep promising you to make this podcast episode about alcohol and sobriety and I want to keep this promise but I think a bit later (laughs) in time and I had clients who said to me look you can do with my nutrition plan you know whatever you want you can take out all the bread meat I don't take out meat by the way (laughs) all the uh, sweets you know whatever you can you can tell me to eat anything and I will follow your prescribed nutrition plan but please don't take out my wine because they say that they don't know how to otherwise relax in the evening which again is not true you can do it without wine 
if other people could do it, you could do it too. <laughs> uh, you know, I just want to give you an idea and to show you how all these statements can be debunked. They are mostly unsubstantiated. So, okay, okay, you overate a couple of times. It doesn't follow that your future has to be in accordance to what happened to you in the past. You know, if you don't like broccoli or if you don't like running or if you picked out a few times, so what? You can always try other fitness routine, other vegetables. And a few episodes of overeating does not define who you are, but rather who you have been in the past. You see what I mean? So whenever you are the, the listener thinking, oh, that's just the way I am. No, 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 no. That's just a story that you tell yourself. And it doesn't necessarily mean that it is objectively true. So in my opinion, this is the number one reason why people are quitting. These statements can either destroy your dreams or goals or set you up for failure, or they can aid you in creating a life of your dreams in any area of your life, actually, not just in health and fitness. So as I said to you before, it's like an operating system that runs your computer. So let me give you a couple of opposite examples. For example, if you come over to me and you tell me, oh, would you like a cigarette? I will tell you, no, thank you, I don't smoke. You see, if I say, for example, hypothetically, no thanks, I'm trying to quit, it's not a statement that there has been some resolution and it's final. It implies that I am in this, I would say, struggle <laughs> and I am trying to fight my temptations still. You know, same is with, would you like a cake? And I would tell you, I, as Natalia, nutritionist, I will tell you, no, thank you. My identity statement will go like, I don't eat sugar. You know, that's just out of the question. I don't smoke, I don't eat sugar, which is completely different to something when you say, oh, I'm trying to lower my sugar, I'm trying to lower alcohol, I'm trying to avoid sugar. You know, just say, no, thank you. And in your mind, tell yourself, I don't eat it. I don't eat it. You know, hope you get the feel. Other examples, you can tell yourself, I love moving my body. I love working out. One health expert I remember said, I love being in ketosis. <laughs> you know, that's just um, another level. Then some people are saying, fitness is my life. I can't live without working out. I love taking long walks. And a favorite of mine is when people are saying, I love how eating healthy makes me feel so much better. I'm just a better person when I take care of myself. I love taking care of myself and I am a person who prioritizes my health. So as you can see, something that you like or enjoy can also be a basis for your new identity statement. 
A good example is myself, actually, my profession. I am a nutritionist and that defines me by now <laughs> in a positive way and actually gives me a permission to skip all the unhealthy stuff uh, whenever I go to some social gathering. People who know me, they know that I am a nutritionist. They won't even offer me something unhealthy because they, they know that's just not going to, you know, make me <laughs> want to have it. Before we dive in more on this liking and loving part, I just want to say a couple of comments here while I remember. So first and foremost, don't let your bad habits define your today or tomorrow. You can mindfully and consciously change your script. And we will talk more about this. So, you know, any bad habit can be dropped. And I mentioned this book so many times now. It's Atomic Habits by James Clear. Amazing book on the science behind changing your habits. I love it and wholeheartedly recommend this book. So anything can be done. So just because you had a bad habit for years does not mean that you are absolutely unable to drop it and achieve your health goals. Then the next part, don't accept any sarcastic presence such as a mug or a t-shirt affirming your undesired quality like chocoholic. I can't live without my wine or something like this, you know, not being a morning person, couch potato, anything that doesn't contribute to who you want to become in future. And finally, so how do we flip the script so that it helps us stick to whatever New Year's resolutions we are setting? So to override your negative destructive identity statement, you need to write yourself a new one. Yes, it will be an exercise. It's a practical homework that I'm giving you today and you need to repeat it as often as possible in a present tense and you need to use only positive words so avoid using words like not because your subconscious mind does not perceive this word so you need to give a ready solution to it straight away. So, for example, I did this, by the way, this exercise uh, to get rid of my emotional eating back in a day. And many experts say that if you want to make this new self-affirmation and to practice your new identity statement that will sink in and help you achieve your goals, you need to do it first thing in the morning and then before you go to sleep. You can also write it down as your screensaver, for example, write it in your journal, in your notes, but make sure that you often have access to it so it is in front of your eyes. What I did back in the days to get rid of emotional eating I said to myself, I am free from emotional eating and I only eat when I'm hungry and I stop when I'm full. And this very simple statement, I'm not lying, it changed my life, it changed my relationship with food, it did wonders. Yes, there were days when it was harder than normal, <laughs> but you know, Anything in life, anything valuable and anything beautiful and worthy is difficult. It is difficult. 
especially when you are just starting out, uh, you are building new neurological pathways in your brain. And your brain tries to save time and go by the familiar path the path that is strong and of course now that you are building a new path it is tiny it is weak it is not as strong so it is absolutely understandable why new things are so much harder in the beginning but I can attest from my personal experience that it will not always be the same way and things will change and will become easier another very good identity statement can be something like this. I prioritize my health and nourishment and I enjoy healthy foods and taking care of myself. So this will help you determine your future actions because your actions are most of the time aligning with your beliefs. By the way, there is a great book called Influence by Robert Sheldini. I hope I have pronounced his surname in the right way. And what is relevant from that book for our today's conversation is a principle of consistency. So essentially what the author is saying is that once a person has made a choice, and I'm citing this right now, they face personal and interpersonal pressures to behave consistently with that commitment and this commitment can be in a form of a statement a stand an attitude or an action so basically once you have some sort of belief about yourself you will act consistently <laughs> to comply with this belief and he also is saying that well, first of all, writing your commitments down is very powerful and much more powerful than any verbal ones. So when people write down their goals or commitments, they are more likely to follow through. And another thing is public commitment. Commitments are most effective in changing person's self-image and subsequent behavior when they are active public and effortful. Therefore, public commitments tend to be more enduring and more influential. So, for example, you can tell to anyone around you, <laughs> who you feel safe, of course, to tell that you are perceiving this health and fitness goal, for example. It will make you subconsciously more likely to stick to it. For my new clients, for example, people who come to me, what I often hear is an openness to change who they... So there are people who come to me and they do not follow through. They don't comply with my recommendations. They don't do anything. We just talk and nothing gets done. And there is another part of clients who actually do the work and they succeed and they lose weight, they improve their health, they look wonderful, their blood tests are better. And those two groups of people have very different identity statements. Whenever I hear that someone is telling me, for example, you know, I am in a phase of my life when I am done destroying my health. I want to restore my health and take care of my body. 
These are the words that tell me, okay, this is a client who will succeed. Or, for example, they might say, I am in a phase of my life when I want to prioritize my health. These are the words of a real person, by the way. Another great real-life example of what I heard is something like this. I want to live a long, happy life and to be full of energy when I grow old. It also sounds like that person had reached a point where he or she realized that the old identity statement no longer does it for him or her and is essentially dropped. And so a person is ready to change and take on a new identity statement or a new self-image. And now he or she is at the doorstep of a new life and is ready to take in new information, to try a new approach and is also thinking long term. So not something like, you know, uh, a two-week detox diet, but rather better eating and lifestyle habits throughout one's life. I hope you get an idea. So it is something that is a lifelong commitment rather than temporary short-term goals, such as losing weight for an upcoming school reunion. I always tell to my clients, pick a few motivating factors why you are doing this and this should be long-term benefits. So instead of, you know, losing weight for some party or for a date or for a vacation, pick something else like, I want to slim down and I want to improve my sleep and I want to have a healthy skin. It is not for a particular event. It is something that I want to have for all my life. So thinking long term will help you set the goals and, you know, define your your future actions towards achieving that goal in becoming that person who you want to be. So example can be something like lifelong wellness, both now and in your senior years, to feel energetic and full of life, to be more productive at work, to have more mental clarity, to be a better parent who has mental and physical strength to care for your children. Uh, for women, it could be to be emotionally grounded, throughout the whole month and not only until your ovulation because so many women I meet suffer from PMS each month and are literally taken down by it but it can all be fixed through nutritional changes. I have mentioned several times on this podcast that I had not only PMS but PMDD something that I call uh, with a bit of humor PMS on steroids and it is not fun you guys but I no longer have it so I am a living proof that this can be done. So to sum up yes it's a wonderful goal to lose weight to get six-pack abs but if it is the only goal and it doesn't tie up with a personality change with your identity statement change, it is not going to be sustainable and maybe you will get six-pack abs and you will lose weight, but it will not last. Ooh, I hope it all makes sense. I'm speaking for 40 minutes. I did not expect that. 
Thank you so much. If you are still listening to this episode, thank you very much. And I'm hoping this was interesting and valuable to you. There is a couple of comments that I still want to make in relation to this conversation. I learned this idea, I would say, in the book, one of my favorite books, Atomic Habits. And it was about taking pride in some of your qualities. So you might have noticed it in people who are vegetarians or vegans, people who don't drink alcohol. That includes me, actually. I do take pride that I am sober for, I don't know how many months, but in April it will be one year. And people who normally say something, oh, I'm a vegetarian, there is some aspect of pride to it and it helps your habits stick whether these are new habits or old habits it doesn't matter if you know this wonderful personal trainer she's I well I don't know if she's still personal <laughs> she is the founder of sweat it is a, a fitness app for women She's legendary fitness trainer, Kyla Itzinis, and she said in one of her Instagram posts when she was answering this question whether she drinks alcohol at all, and she said, I consider myself to be an athlete, so I don't drink any alcohol. You see, that's a very strong personal affirmation, identity statement, and there is a sense of pride to it. I'm an athlete. So people who write statements in their bios on Instagram, for example, or Facebook, like, I don't know, keto, gluten-free, real foods, there are some minor traces that you can detect of the character and personality that they are proud of and it makes them more likely to stick to it in the long run. Plus, it is a public commitment to do something. And unfortunately, this very same principle applies to your bad habits and destructive behaviors. So some people might brag about the ability to drink large amounts of alcohol. They take pride in the comfort, but health damaging foods that they are eating <laughs> Uh, they might make fun of people who are doing the opposite. They might roll their eyes or try to harass other people who are having healthier habits. I met this harassment in my life so many times. Uh, I will not go into this in today's episode because otherwise it will be very, very long. All of that doesn't make it easier for them to drop their bad habits. It only strengthens their bad habits by affirming this negative identity statement. So the takeaway for you from this comment that I've made about taking pride is the following. First of all, Take pride of all your steps that you do every day towards achieving your goals. Number two, stop glamorizing your destructive behavior. You know, alcohol and bad habits are not glamorous at all. There's nothing cool about it. Uh, it may suit some other people. Uh, they are free to live their life in the way that they want. But if that's not how you want to live your life for yourself, then stop taking pride in those qualities. And number three, 
accept that no matter what you do in life, there will be people who will not like you, will harass you, you will just not be their cup of tea. And that's all right. <laughs> I've been there so many times. I've been laughed at and harassed. And the only person who needs to prove of what you do and how you look and feel is you. And finally, what I heard recently is a field of a therapy and it is called behavioral activation therapy. So what this means is that when you act as a person who you want to become instead of acting as the person who you are today is the path to success. So if you want to change Just start acting like the person who you want to be in your future, in your day-to-day -day life. So what this means for us, if we are speaking about healthy nutrition and lifestyle, is basically asking, what would Beyonce do? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> what would a healthier version of me do right now? What would I get in the grocery store or in a restaurant if I was a healthy eater or someone who prioritizes health? This is what I was doing actually in my emotional eating recovery. There was a clear task on the course that I was doing to basically live your day as if you are a person who is free from emotional eating. And you would basically visualize yourself before you do anything and say to yourself, well, what would I do if I didn't have this addiction, <laughs> for example? And then you follow through. What you also can do is stop buying junk for home. Stop bringing junk to your desk, to your office. I also spoke about it in my previous episodes. It's the power of your environment and it makes it so much easier for you to make good or unhealthy choices. It's basically a huge factor. Take one meal at a time. Don't focus on the long distance journey that you have to undergo just take one meal at a time and make it as healthy as possible and imagine that you are already that healthy person who prioritizes health and healthy eating and doesn't see the need in any foods that are destroying your health remember that if you sleep It's not the end of the world. We are all humans. We have all been there. And it doesn't define who you are. You can always start with your next meal. Just because you had some bad episodes of eating something bad for you, it doesn't define you. A sugary breakfast, for example, does not mean that the whole day is wasted. You can start with your lunch and dinner and to make it as nourishing and healthy as possible. Don't ever say, that's just the way I am. No, that were some of the actions that you were taking and you can start taking other actions. I hope it makes sense. I often hear that, oh, you know what, diets don't work or diet industry is failing us, which, uh, by the way, gets me questioning What is a diet industry anyway? Uh, some processed protein supplement or scientific approach that many people try for themselves and then spread the word. Like me, for example. Diet will not work if it is not 
the right diet for you. I said it before and I will say it again. I have tried many diets in the past until I found how to develop a balanced nutritional regimen that is right for me and addresses the individual needs of my body in the way that it supports my health. And then sticking to it is no longer that hard. It's no longer that difficult. I don't suffer from cravings. And finally, the big why. Why are you doing this? You know, to look good at some party, that's something I've mentioned before. To slim down for a vacation, it's not going to get you lasting results. Set yourself some long-term goals and think of the benefits in the long term. Why you are doing this, why you need this. So something that will make your future healthier and brighter. And when you think this way, then you start realizing that the goal, for example, is not to, you know, make through this three weeks of diet. The goal is to become a healthy person. The goal is to become a person who eats healthy. The goal is to become a person who doesn't smoke, Another example, which I really liked in Atomic Habits book, the goal is not to run, the goal is to become a runner. The goal is not to read more, the goal is to become a reader. And that's something that we can take and transfer to our health and fitness journey as well. You can call yourself an athlete, you can call yourself a fitness junkie, but that's something that ties up very closely with your long-term goals and your big whys. I mean, why (laughs) you are doing this. I hope it all makes sense. And finally, if you need support, with the diet plan that will be easier to follow, that will meet your nutritional requirements and will not give you tons of cravings and feeling like you are deprived of everything in the world, I'm here to help. This is exactly what I do. Personalized nutrition is my thing. (laughs) So you can always contact me by any way that is easier by email or just DM me and we can get started. I hope you found this episode helpful. I know it was very long. It was probably the longest episode I've made, but I want to set your mindset right because I know from the experience of going through this healthy journey myself and then helping other people to do the same. It is not only sticking to prescribed plan, but it is also about changing your mindset, who you think you want to become, and your habits are really powerful as well. And I know that this right state of mindset, like when you have a positive identity statement that helps you get through, then you don't really need any motivation because... As my favorite Mel Robbins said, motivation is garbage. It is here one day and it is gone the other day. So relying solely on motivation is really futile. So yes, I hope it helps you. I hope that you don't quit whatever you set for yourself in this new year. And if you want to discuss anything, any of your questions about nutrition and healthy lifestyle, 
please let me know and I will do a separate podcast episode to answer your questions. Have a very lovely, healthy week and end of January and I will see you all next time. Bye!